Have you ever been rejected? Perhaps. If not, you will be at some point in time in your life. The title of today's message is Jephthah and Rejection. If you want to turn in your Bibles to Judges chapter 11. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your holy word and we pray that you will communicate truth, truth that will help each listener, each viewer today. Lord, touch your holy word and this message for your honor and glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I said in a previous message that the story of Jephthah takes us back to around 1100 years BC in Israel. Nevertheless, many of the truths that we learn are very relevant, very relevant to your life and mine in 2021, and it's 3,000 years later, more than that. So think with me today about this first truth, and it is this. Number one, sooner or later, you and I will face some kind of rejection. That's right. Sooner or later, you and I will face some kind of rejection. And by the way, the official definition of rejection is this, depending where you look it up, but one definition is, rejection is when a person or group of people excludes an individual and refuses to acknowledge or accept them. Social rejection usually increases sadness, anxiety, jealousy, depression, and, angry, and uh, anger. Now, notice what happened to Jephthah, J-E-P-H-T-H-A-H. Notice what happened to Jephthah as recorded in Judges 11, 1 through 3. It says, Now Jephthah of Gilead was a great warrior. He was the son of Gilead. But his mother was a prostitute. Gilead's wife also had several sons. And when these half-brothers grew up, they chased Jephthah off the land. You will not get any of our father's inheritance, they said, for you are the son of a prostitute. So Jephthah fled from his brothers and lived in the land of Tob. Soon he had a band of worthless rebels following him. All right, that's what the Word of God says. And sadly, we are told that Jephthah was rejected by his half-brothers. They actually chased him out of their home and off their land. They also said to him in verse 2, You will not get, you will not get any of our father's inheritance. Wow. How heartbreaking. Now how would you feel? How would you feel if you grew up in your father's and stepmother's home and then you became a teenager or a young adult and your half-brothers kick you out of the house, they kick you off the property and they say, get lost, buddy. Take a hike. We don't want you back. Don't show your face around here anymore. Why? Because Jephthah was born from a different mother 
And she happened to also be a prostitute, which of course was not Jephthah's fault by any means. There is no record in the Bible account that Jephthah had been a, a problem child or a problem teenager. And so for him to be kicked out just because he was the son of a prostitute is very, very sad and unfair. Isn't that right? If you have been rejected, if you have been rejected because you, you have done a lot of wrong, you've been a big problem, it's understandable. But when you're turned away for something that was out of your control, in his case, his mom being a prostitute, when, when you are turned away for something that was out of your control, it can hurt big time, right? Right, church? Think with me further on this subject of rejection. Rejections are probably the most common emotional wound uh, we experience in daily life. It used to be that your risk of rejection was limited to your immediate family and a few friends. These days, however, due to electronic communications, social media platforms, and dating apps, most of you are connected to a lot more people, any of whom might ignore, they might ignore your posts, ignore your chats, texts, or dating profiles, and leave you feeling rejected as a result. Isn't that so? In addition to these minor rejections, you are still vulnerable to serious and more devastating rejections, such as if your husband or wife leaves you, or your teenager says he or she doesn't want anything to do with you anymore, or you are fired from your job, or you are dumped by some friends, or you are ostracized by your family for perhaps lifestyle choices. The pain you feel, the pain of rejection, might make you feel like you're being totally paralyzed. That can be the case, can't it? I've had a few personal experiences of rejection over the years, some more serious than others, as you probably have as well. In my last year of high school, I started dating a very nice, nice Christian girl who was in many of my classes. In fact, we were in a lot of classes from grade nine up. Now, I thought, I thought our relationship was developing quite well. However, after high school finished, she got a job working downtown in some kind of an office for the summer before the start of university for her and for me in September. I also had a summer job such that between my work hours and hers, it was really very difficult to see each other and go on very many dates that particular summer. It's, it was just the timing issue. By the end of the summer, 
just before we started university, to, to my total surprise, she told me. She told me that she had met a nice Baptist young man in her workplace and, and, can you believe this? She dumped me, Leah. She dumped me. It's hard to believe. I thought, I thought, my wife says, I can believe it. Thanks a lot. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, excuse me. My wife said she can't believe it either. <laughs> okay, now, now I feel better. <laughs> okay. But I remember thinking to myself, how can you dump me? I'm a nice guy. My mother says so, Anthony. She does, says my wife. Nevertheless, Grace, viewing today, Grace, she dumped me. She rejected me. Would you say, ah, ah. Come on, louder, ah. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Now, I think, I think we had our high school graduation that year in November, early November, and can you believe what she did? No. She put salt in my wound. Yes. She, at that graduation, Pastor Lisa, can you believe it? She brought her new boyfriend to our graduation. How dare she do that? Right? Now, furthermore, furthermore, she put double salt in my wound. Furthermore, she stood there right in front of me holding hands with this nice Baptist gentleman. No. Yes. Yes. Christopher, don't you feel sorry for me? Yep. Oh, thank you. I was afraid some of, some of you might say nope. All right? In all honesty, my friends, uh, I tell you that, we've got a bunch of wonderful young people here, I tell you that just so that if some girl dumps you guys, hey, just say, Pastor Nick got over it, you can get over it too, okay? Anyway, in all honesty, in all honesty, it did hurt being dumped by a girl but for, fortunately, I didn't mope around for months, quite frankly, because I, I, I was too busy. I was too busy with my first year Bachelor of Science courses at the University of Toronto, and I was too busy with my volunteer ministries at our Kennedy Road Church of the Nazarene. Uh, at that time, I, I, I taught. I taught the grade seven and eight Sunday school class. I sang in the youth choir and the adult choir. I was on the Sunday school board, the church board, and I did fix-it jobs around the church. And in many ways, I really didn't have time for a girlfriend, you know. Anyway, at the end of high school, the end of high school, my girlfriend dropped me. But two years later, Cindy picked me up. Amen. 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 <laughs> Amen. By the way, just for the record, so things are straight, just for the record, I, 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 did, have, I did have five other girlfriends while in seminary before, before Cindy and I got engaged and married, okay? 
<laughs> Christopher says, what? What? Well, I'm sorry to disappoint you there, young man. <laughs> oh, my wife might beat me up afterwards, you know. I take a lot of whippings and beatings from her. Anyway. Okay, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> um, oh, bless you. Well, let me take you to the second truth here. And is this. Reactions to rejection can vary from mild to moderate to extreme. You probably know this. Sometimes, uh, for instance, a person might try to simply, you know, pet a nice dog. You see a nice little doggy that uh, looks it like it's not going to bite your head off. You see a nice little dog and you want to pet the dog, but the dog might not let you, you know. It might not let you and, and you might feel a little rejected and the, the feeling, however, the rejection feeling is mild and you get over it quickly and you say, oh, okay, well, that doggy doesn't like me. Uh, a student, some of you here, a student might try out for their school's football team, a track and field team, or some other sports team at school in non-COVID times, of course. If a team do doesn't make, you know, if that team doesn't make the, uh, the team, T-E-A-M, he or she will probably feel rejected. How many of you have ever felt rejected for not making a team? Anybody? Okay, you're all athletes here, and so you've all made teams that you, you tried for. Their reaction will vary from mild to moderate to extreme, depending on how important it was for that student to make the team, and how important that particular sport was to that individual, right? For some families, having their son or daughter be admitted into a particular university is extremely important. And if they are not admitted, the student and sometimes the parents feel rejected. Maybe you've gone through that. Not, not long ago, it was discovered that some high-profile parents paid what was actually bribe money to try to get their student to be admitted into the university of their choice. Did, did you see that news report? Probably, you know. When it was discovered that the parents paid bribe money, they were actually charged. They were charged. Some went to prison, and their son or daughter was absolutely not admitted into the university they were trying to get them in. What were the parents doing who paid large sums of bribe money? They were trying to avoid the possibility of having their son or daughter rejected, right? Some of the most extreme reactions to rejection are often seen in relationship breakups. I don't really like talking about this, but sometimes when guys and girls are dating, if the guy or girl decides to end the relationship, the other person who wants the relationship to continue may not be able to handle the rejection. And sadly, on occasion, 
the, the male or the female might react very violently. Teens and adults, you, you have to be very careful who you date. Be very careful who you date. Because if the time comes that you want to end or you feel it's necessary to end that relationship, it may not be so easy to do so. He or she might not be able to handle rejection. And sadly, on occasion, it leads to violence. Likewise, in marriages, sometimes if one person wants to end the marriage and the other person doesn't and cannot handle rejection, it sometimes results in terrible violence and occasionally death. In other words, rejection can have tragic consequences. So the subject that we're talking about today is really sometimes a matter of life and death. Rejected people are the most angry people on earth who will often respond with aggression. There was research done in 2003 on school shootings. I know some of you might think, oh, that was a long time ago. But what was discovered is just as relevant 17 years, 18 years later. The research done in 2003 on school shootings found that 13, 13 out of 15 shooters, listen to this, 13 out of 15 shooters felt chronic rejection. Chronic rejection. That means repeated rejection by their peers and society. Young people who demonstrate aggressive and antisocial behavior many times feel rejected and alienated. Alienated. That's right. Sometimes pink hair, mohawks, tattoos all over, body piercings, any kind of such antisocial behavior. They are basically saying, you know, I don't care. I don't care if you like me or not. I'm used to being rejected. I don't know if you know this, but most violent crimes are committed by men who are single or recently divorced or recently lost a close relationship with a woman and they are angry. Rejection wounds us. W-O-U-N-D-S. Rejection wounds us and it can lead to bitterness and aggression. A little bit ago I told you that according to research done in 2003 on school shootings, they found that 13 out of the 15 shooters felt repeated rejection by their peers and society. Now what does this tell us? I want you to think with me. You're smart people. What does this tell us? It tells us this. Students, especially those of you in high school, college, or university, it tells us 
that your simple kindness, thoughtfulness, friendship, love, and acceptance could very well be the, the key, the key to preventing somebody from falling off the cliff, or whatever you want to call it, and becoming a tragic shooter. Are you with me now? Okay? Please, please, don't anyone accuse me of, of oversimplifying. I understand that many times situations are much more complicated, no doubt. Nevertheless, simple kindness, thoughtfulness, friendship, love, and acceptance instead of rejection could be the difference between life and death. Is there an amen? Right. <clears throat> Here is some other very important information. Sadly, sometimes you and I hear of an employee, an employee, a, a worker, a staff member, who has gone to his workplace or former workplace and has shot several fellow employees and his boss. We hear of that too often in Canada and the United States. In a lot of those cases, the underlying problem, the underlying problem for the shooter was rejection. He felt rejected. He felt, he felt in many cases that he was made fun of not given the same opportunities as other employees. He felt no one listened to him, felt he wasn't treated fairly. Uh, people talked behind his back. He was passed up for promotions that he felt he deserved. And maybe he felt discriminated against and a whole lot more. The bottom line, the bottom line is, the bottom line is that dear person felt what? Rejection. That's it. That's right. Now, I am not, please know this, I am not and will never justify or make excuses for a shooter's violent actions. All right? Please do not, after this message, do not say, Pastor Nick was making excuses for a person's violent behavior. No, no, no. Not one bit. I want us to understand how rejection can lead to terrible results. All right? In workplaces, as in schools that I mentioned a moment ago, guess what? Simple kindness, thoughtfulness, friendship, love, and acceptance instead of rejection can do what? It could be the difference between life and death. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? 
Right. If you are an employer, a manager, or a supervisor in any organization, stay alert. I plead with you. Stay alert as to whether or not an employee is feeling rejection and do everything you can to help him or her experience what? Experience kindness, thoughtfulness, friendship, love, and acceptance instead of rejection. If you are an employer, if ever you have to dismiss or terminate an employee for any reason, I'm assuming very good reason, do it, <clears throat> do it with as much compassion and love as is humanly possible. Some employers tend to think that if the fired employee comes back to cause trouble, well, they have security and can call the police and all that. The truth is, in most cases, the truth is most security staff members are not. They are not prepared to deal with someone who goes off the deep end and starts shooting, fueled by years of anger, resentment, and rejection. Is that true? Yes. I'm not trying to be discouraging. I'm simply trying to equip us, to equip us, the few that are in the sanctuary here and the hundreds who are watching on television or your computers or on your smartphones. I'm trying to equip us to better prevent unnecessary tragedies in schools, in workplaces, and yes, in churches as well. Recently, on Wednesday, January 6, 2021, something very terrible happened in Washington, USA. A mob of thousands of angry, wild, irrational and violent people stormed the Capitol in the, in the building where the politicians were supposed to be finalizing the American election results. It was a very sad day in American history. The last I heard, at least five people unnecessarily died from the attack on the Capitol. Most of you probably saw it on the news. Most of you have probably not thought about it in this way until maybe now, as I mention this. Do you know, do you know what was ultimately the cause of this violent attack which politicians and news people have called an insurrection? Do you know what was the ultimate cause? And by the way, the definition of insurrection is, quote, a violent uprising against an authority or government. 
Do you know what was ultimately the cause of this insurrection? It was rejection. Stick with me. It was rejection. What do you mean, Pastor Nick? Here's what I mean. Months before the American election on November 3rd, 2020, I heard President Donald Trump talk about how if he didn't win, it would only be because of voter fraud and because of mail-in ballots. Well, mail-in ballots were for his side and for the other side, you know. But nevertheless, that's what he repeated. Now, some news people asked Mr. Trump if he could assure everyone of a peaceful transfer of power if Joe Biden was elected. Trump refused to commit himself to a peaceful transfer. As I listened to Trump's rhetoric on the late news, I said to myself this, I said, this president is afraid he is going to lose the election and he can't stand losing. When the election results were in and it was clear that the Democrat candidate, Joe Biden, had won, Trump could not stand the what? The rejection. The rejection that more people preferred Joe Biden and his team rather than Trump and his team. He couldn't stand or accept that rejection. And so since the election, after the election, he spent thousands of dollars, maybe millions, I don't know, he spent big money on lawyers and courts to try to prove that there was election tampering. All the courts told him, all the courts told him the, the counting of the votes, the ballots, was correct. There was no voter fraud, except for a few minor mistakes here or there, which can happen. Nevertheless, for over two months since the election, Trump continued to spread lies. Yes, he continued to spread lies to his followers and repeatedly told them there was election fraud and that the election was stolen from him and from the American people. My friends, when people are repeatedly told lies by a charismatic leader like Trump, some people end up believing those lies. In this case, a lot of people ended up believing those lies. Even on the day when the mob attacked the Capitol, Trump had given a speech in which, in which he literally incited the crowd. I-N-C-I-T-E-D. He incited the crowd. He encouraged and stirred up violent and unlawful behavior that was disgusting. Why? Because, because Donald Trump cannot handle rejection. That's why. This is how important this subject of rejection is. I've referred to the attack on the Capitol, the government buildings in Washington, and Mr. Trump 
not to be political, so don't send me notes about that, okay? I've referred to it not to be political, but to help us see the tragic results, the tragic results that can happen when one man cannot cope with rejection. After the November 3rd election results were in, which took about a week to fully count, as some of you will recall, all that Trump, all that Mr. Trump had to do, all right, all that he had to do was to say, my fellow Americans, the people have spoken. I am very disappointed for not winning the election. However, the people have elected Joe Biden as your new president. Let's get behind him, pray for him, and let's unite America. Sad to say, he won't even show up for the inauguration. Obviously, Trump refused to do that, to give that kind of speech I just quoted. He refused to, to say those things, and, and his inability to handle rejection did what? It led to violence, insurrection, and the deaths of at least five people, and the huge amount of damage to the Capitol buildings. And there might be some other deaths as a result of the violence that took place. Now, now Trump is being impeached. He's being impeached for the second time. He is the only president in the United States to be impeached twice. What is impeachment, some might say? Impeachment is the act, official act, of making a formal statement that a public official might be guilty of a very serious offense in connection with his or her job, especially in the United States. All right. Let me take you to a third major truth here, and it is this. Number three, some helps for handling rejection. All right? Number one, let God's Holy Bible help you to overcome rejection. How? Well, if you're making notes, A, Remember, God loves you and accepts you. Reminding yourself of, of the fact that God loves you can be so helpful to you in overcoming whatever rejection you experience in your life. In the Bible, 1 John verse, chapter 4, verse 16 says, why don't you read it with me? You'll see it on your screen. It says, we know, we know how much God loves us and we have put our trust in his love. God is love and all who live in love live in God and God lives in them. That's the New Living Translation. And Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 says, even before he made the world, God loved us. Isn't that beautiful? Ha <laughs> ha. Even before he made the world, God loved us. 
And of course, a simple Bible verse like John 3.16, for this is, this is how God loved the world. For this is how God loved the world. Are you a part of the world? Are you a part of the world? Are you a part of the world? You're a part, you're a part, you're a part, you're a part, you're a part. Are you a part of the world? Yes. When you go through whatever kind of rejection it might be, remember, remind yourself that, hey, so-and-so has rejected me. That person or that company has rejected me. Praise God, the Lord loves me. They don't love me, but God loves me. Amen. Amen. Also, under this topic of let God's Holy Bible help you overcome rejection, remember, point B, Jesus was rejected. God Almighty who came to earth in the person of Jesus was rejected. When, when those you care about reject you and, and you're in pain over it, remember that people also rejected Jesus. John 11, um, John 1, Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse, verse 11 says, read it with me, He, Jesus, came to His own people and even they rejected Him. The fact that Jesus was rejected means He knows exactly how you feel. Jesus knows how, how you feel. And because he knows, he's gone through that rejection, he's gone through that pain, my dear brother and my sister, he is better able to know how to help us. Does that make sense to you? Right? He knows how to help us because he has gone through the worst kind of rejection anyone can ever, ever experience. He even, Jesus even had to deal with rejection from his own family who thought he was crazy when he just started his ministry. That's right. Mark 3, verse 21. Mark 3, verse 21. Read it with me in unison. When his family heard what was happening, they tried to take him away. He's out of his mind, they said. His own family said. He's out of his mind. In Luke chapter 23, verse 21, we read, a few days earlier, the people were praising Jesus. A few days earlier, the people said, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. And then a few days later, in Luke 23, verse 21, they said, but they kept shouting, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. That's rejection, right? That's big time rejection. Again, we're talking about how the Bible can help you and me deal with and overcome rejection. Point C, point C. Joseph was rejected and sold into slavery by his own brothers. Some of you know the story well from Genesis chapter 37, verse 2 through 36 and beyond. After initially plotting to kill Joseph, his brothers settled for selling him to a caravan of merchants who, uh, who were traveling from Canaan to Egypt. The merchants eventually sold Joseph to Potiphar, the captain of the guard, who was an officer of Pharaoh in Egypt. 
Joseph went through a lot of severe rejection and pain in his life. But through it all, listen to this now, through it all, the Bible says, and the Lord was with Joseph. And the Lord was with Joseph. And the Lord was with Joseph. My friend, if you go through serious rejection, it does not mean the Lord is not with you. Did you get that? If you go through serious rejection, it does not mean the Lord is not with you. The Bible says, despite the severe rejection Joseph went through, quote, and the Lord was with him. Point D, think also about Hagar in the Bible. Hagar was rejected. Hagar's story found in Genesis chapter 16 is the story of a woman who was rejected, betrayed, abandoned, but she persevered. She persevered. I would encourage you to sometime read Hagar's story in Genesis chapter 16. May Hagar's story also encourage you to persevere through whatever rejection you go through. And for anyone making notes, point E. Pray. Pray and ask the Lord to bring healing to you after rejection. Be encouraged through a Bible verse such as Psalm 66 verse 20 which says, which says this, Blessed be God because He has not rejected my prayer. He has not rejected my prayer or removed His steadfast love from me. Blessed be God because he has not rejected, he has not rejected my prayer or removed his steadfast love from me. Isn't that beautiful? God will not reject your prayers for help. And God will continue to love you even when others reject you. In addition to having the Holy Bible help you overcome rejection, in the next message, in the next message, I will give you more practical helps, very, very helpful truths to further assist you and me in overcoming rejection. In many ways, I wanted to get into them today but I know some of you would have been happy for me to do, do so, and others of you would have been saying, well, I like what he's talking about, but he sure is long. So I'm going to go into the other truths in a future message, okay? Now, today, obviously we've been talking about rejection. When God Almighty walked this earth in the person of Jesus he himself was rejected in many ways from birth until his crucifixion. The question is, have you, have you yourself been rejecting 
Jesus. Hmm? The risen Jesus says to you and to me, Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. That's what Jesus says. He doesn't reject you. There's a beautiful song with the title, Don't Turn Him Away. Here's what the words say. Patiently, tenderly pleading, Jesus is standing today. At your heart's door, he knocks as before. Oh, turn him no longer away. The chorus says, don't turn him away, don't turn him away. He has come back to your heart again, although you've gone astray. Oh, how you'll need him to plead your cause on that eternal day. Don't turn the Savior away from your heart. Don't turn him away. And the second verse says, Gracious, compassionate mercy brought him from mansions above, caused him to wait just outside your gate. Oh, yield to his wonderful love. The third verse says, Can you not now hear him calling? Do not ill-treat such a friend. Give up your sin. Oh, let him come in. Lo, he will be true to the end. Don't turn him away. I want to lead you in a simple prayer in which you end up stopping, you stop rejecting Jesus, and instead you begin to accept him as your Savior and Lord, and you accept him into your heart and life and ask him to begin to make you and mold you into the person he wants you to be. Would you pray with me? You can look up to the Lord. I'll look up to, to heaven and, and just lead you. And you follow and just pray this prayer right where you are. Dear God, thank you for loving me and for not rejecting me. On this beautiful day, I open up my heart and my life to you, Jesus. You have said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in. Come in. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Come in and stay. I want to live my life, dear Jesus, for you. Thank you for loving me and adopting me into your family. And thank you for not rejecting me. In Jesus' name, I pray. If you prayed that prayer, I want to invite you to send us an email, a note, or a phone call to Rosewood Church of the Nazarene. 
go to rosewoodchurch.ca. We want to know about your decision for Jesus. We want to help you begin your spiritual journey. May God bless you. And may God forever remind you of his incredible love that draws you to himself. Let's continue to worship through this beautiful song.